Well, welcome everybody. It's good to see you this weekend. Uh, welcome to Grace. Welcome everybody Watch online. Thanks for being with us at our live sites and on Facebook. It's good to connect with you guys too. And uh, thanks for uh, hanging out this weekend. My name's Jeff. If I've never got to meet you before, I'd love to meet you and uh, connect with you a little bit. Shake your hands. So uh, stop, stop me after service and, and uh, love to, to know your name and connect a little bit. Uh, before we jump into our conversation uh, this weekend, I think it I think it'd be very appropriate for us to stop and pray a little bit. A lot going on, right? Uh, a lot with the the flooding in Texas and the hurricane that's hitting Florida right now. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of us have loved ones down there. We do. Heidi and I. Heidi's brother and his family are in the Tampa area, so they're being affected directly. And so it'd be good for us to pray for them. And uh, also, I think there's just a lot going on in our world today, right? If you, if you read the news, it's just a little bit nuts. And so asking God to be in the middle of all that. I know this coming week is the anniversary of 9-11. And uh, for some of us, uh, that's a very personal thing. Uh, we are affected by that. Many of, many of us have been to war and back in the last many years. So that stuff stays with us. So um, I was just I just look at all that and I thought you know we got to just take a moment as a as a family and pause and go to God and just be with Him for a few moments and and uh, ask for His help His peace and uh, His comfort through time. So why don't we do that? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes and I'll pray out here in a, in a couple uh, moments and let's just be with God a little bit. Jesus, you're the one that says that we're to bring our cares, our anxieties to you and give them to you that you care for us. And so that's what we're doing, Lord. We, we look and say that there's many things that are beyond us, uh, but never beyond you. And so we ask for your help. Uh, we ask for your help for uh, those in Texas who are going through so much, ask that you comfort them, help them. I pray for the teams from Grace that are down there right now trying to help and serve, protect them, and encourage them, strengthen them as they do that. And then uh, with the hurricane hitting Florida, as we, as we talk here, God, that, that you would protect and, and guide and strengthen those who are there. And uh, God, uh, allow this to be an opportunity for your people to shine and your church to be powerful and and God, just work, redeem all that's happening there. And, and for the islands in the Caribbean that have been affected already, God, all of it. Uh, God, just work and help and guide. Lord, I pray for um, those of us, when we think about all that we've been through the last few years from 9-11 forward. And God, for many of us, that's, that's a, uh, a memory that we keep moving away from. And for many of us, it's a reality that we stay with. And so for God, those, those that were affected by the day and then the many that were affected in the years following, we ask for your comfort and your help and your healing. And uh, God, again, let, let your people shine as we love each other and pray for each other. So we trust you for these things, Lord. We don't understand them, but we trust you and we give them to you like you tell us to. And 
I ask that uh, you work in all the details. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we can turn to you. In your name, amen. Uh, this fall here at Grace, we've been taking the time to go on a journey and define kind of clearly from the Bible what a follower of Christ is. And we just said there's, there's a bunch of noise in our culture, bunch of people grab that term and apply it to themselves. And if you're like me, I watch people do that, and they'll do that in a racist way, they'll do that in a political way, they'll do that in a way of hatred, and they'll call themselves a Christian, and I'll look at them and I'll, I'll think, I, I, got, I don't want anything to do with that. That's not me, that's not the God that I understand, and, and I don't even want to be associated with them. And that type of thing causes a confusion uh, kind of across the board, that these people are loving and these people hate, and yet they all would say that they're Christians. And so because of that, we just said, let's take the time and really press down to kind of the fundamental things that are, are required or called for by Jesus to followers of Christ. And let's look and say, what does it actually mean to be a Christian? What does it actually mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ as the Scripture defines it? So started that conversation about a month or so ago. You can catch those conversations online if you want. And then this weekend, we want to start like a new chapter of this conversation that we call See Differently. And we're doing the same thing. We're pressing down and saying, what are these markers? But in this particular set of conversations, we're going to look and say, what are these markers as it pertains to a worldview? How do I see the world differently? How do I see my relationship with Christ differently? What is, what is Jesus's worldview? What is the lifestyle he calls us to? What is the life investments that he would want us, want us to make? And what are those markers? What are the hallmarks of a true follower of Jesus Christ as defined by the scriptures? And we want to look at it, discover it, weave it into our hearts and our minds and ultimately put on kind of a different set of lenses, see the world through Jesus's eyes. And we want to see differently. So we're laying down a few of these things, and I want to start kind of a series of conversations by looking at one of the, the main key things, kind of the foundational things that we would put in place as a follower of Jesus Christ, where I would look and say, if I am exploring Christ and I want to kind of sign up to do this, if I just began a new relationship with Christ, what am I shooting for? If I'm a, a mature follower of Jesus Christ, what am I elevating to? What are those key markers? And I want to start this weekend by talking about the marker of faith. What does it mean to have faith? What's it mean to live by faith? The Bible would use the term walk by faith. Sometimes in Christian circles, you'll hear the, the idea of being a person of faith, a woman of faith, a man of faith. What does that mean? How do we use that term? And what does God mean by it? Okay, now this is a huge thing. It's kind of a fundamental thing when it comes to following Jesus. And the Bible tells us this. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you're, you have to have faith. Like it's this key, key thing. Uh, it says in Galatians chapter 5, also verse 6, that the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So when God looks at us and he looks at what he calls people to, being people of faith, living by faith, walking by faith would be way, way up on his radar. And he would say, These, this is a hallmark of people who are truly 
followers of Jesus Christ. So what is faith and what does it mean? So we use the word faith a lot in our vernacular, in our culture, and we use it in ways that the Bible doesn't mean. It doesn't, doesn't mean that we're wrong or sinful. It's just the way that we talk. So for instance, uh, you might say, well, I'm a person of faith. And what you might mean by that is I'm a person who pursues spirituality, right? So you, you, it, it's not a sin. It's just the way that we talk. But it's a different definition. You might look and say, I, I believe that there's a God. I think prayer is healthy, and I want to live a healthy, balanced life, and so faith is a part of that, right? So again, it's not a sin, it just, it's not what the Bible means by it. Uh, sometimes we use the word uh, faith, and what we mean is doctrinal position. So Grace Church does that. We have a statement of faith, and what we actually mean is a doctrinal or a theological position. So our statement of faith would say, we believe this about Jesus Christ. We believe this about the Bible. We believe this about the Holy Spirit. And it's a fine way to use it. It's not a sin, but it's not really what the Bible is talking about. Uh, sometimes when we say faith, what we mean is trust. And, and by the way, trust and faith are like cousins to each other. So it's, it's not that big of a deal, but we might say, hey, I, just, I need you to have faith in the system or faith in the plan. And we're talking about trust, and it's different than what the Bible would talk about at its core. And sometimes we even use the word faith in lieu of the word hope, right? So the, the hurricane's hitting Florida. Um, Heidi's brother and wife and six kids are right there in Tampa. And, and they would say, and we would say, you know, we have faith that God will protect them, or we have faith that things are going to work out. And, and what we really mean is hope, that we're placing our hope in something, okay? So we use it a bunch of different ways. And what I want to be sure to do is get the, the biblical definition out of the Scripture today, because the Bible uses the term faith kind of in a narrow way, and then it, it's important because then we know the marker that we're looking for in our lives, okay? So faith is one of these ideas that the Bible explains or defines really clearly for us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 the writer defines faith this way. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's the biblical definition of faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Uh, I like to paraphrase this in kind of a, a North American way, and I like to say this. My definition of faith, or my, de my way of restating that passage is this way, that faith is choosing to believe in what I cannot and will never fully understand. Faith is choosing to believe in what I cannot and will never fully understand. Faith is a relationship word. It's not just this cold theory out there. So it's me and you looking and saying, I choose to enter into a relationship that, that I, I, I can never fully get my head around and I will never fully understand. Any of you who are married, any of you who have friendships, you have a faith relationship. Years ago when I, when I married Heidi, I entered into a faith relationship with her. I chose, right? So, so if we just pretended that the world was half men, half women, out of the four billion women, I chose one, I picked one, Heidi, and I chose to put my faith in that relationship, knowing full well that I could not understand her fully and I never would understand her completely because we're gonna go on a path that, that I don't get, right? Now, 
after I made that decision, I found some things out about Heidi, right? Some things were revealed. She's not nearly as patient as I thought she was when we got married, right? She's not as into me as I thought she was going to be for the rest of our lives, right? So, but by faith, we continue to take that journey. She found some things out about me. I'll be honest with you, it's been a pretty big letdown for her, right? And so, but by faith, we continue to work together. So, we're choosing a relationship. We're choosing to trust, knowing this. We're not naive. We know that we're never going to fully understand it, and, and we know that we cannot fully understand it, but we're moving forward. So a Christ follower is somebody who does that with Christ. I choose to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I choose to believe the Bible, and then I'll act on faith. When we prayed a few minutes ago, that was an act of faith. We choose to believe that when we pray, we're not speaking to the air. We choose to believe what the Bible says, that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. That's an act of faith, right? We, we would choose, when I'm a Christ follower, instead of a Muslim or a Buddhist, I'm making a choice that I'm looking and saying, I'm choosing to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that the Bible is his word and, and where I get that truth from. Okay, so that, that's what faith is. That's all it is. It's a choice. I choose to believe in what I cannot and will never fully understand, but it's a choice that plays out in a relationship, right? And I'm going with that relationship, so to say, wherever that relationship happens to lead me. So what I want to talk about with you this weekend is, is kind of build some skin on that frame a little bit. And on a macro level, I want you to see how faith shakes out, how it's actually going to show up. For those of you who aren't followers of Christ yet, I'm going to let you know what you're getting into. Right? If you decide to be a follower of Christ, this is kind of what you're signing up for. For those of you who are new, because some of you are like, uh, Jeff, I decided to follow Christ like on Tuesday, <laughs> right? So I don't know. So I'm just letting you know now, like th this is where you're moving. And for those of us who have been followers for a while, this might unplug some stuff or at least challenge some assumptions, Okay? So I want you to remember there's security and they will tase you. Okay? And so it, we're going to push back a little bit, but we're going to bring it right out of God's word and we're going to let him do it. Okay? So as a person of faith, I want to live by faith. I want to walk by faith. I want to exercise faith. I want to choose to believe these things. How is that going to play out in a big, big way? One of the biggest ways that living by faith plays out is when I live by faith, I'm defining, I'm kind of predefining where I'm going to place my hope. I'm going to predefine where I'm going to place my hope. I'm going to be sure of what we hope for. I'm going to decide to put my hope in the person of Jesus Christ. So, for instance, in the circumstances of my life, if I am a person of faith and I'm going through difficult things in my life, I'm going to pray to Christ that he will help me. In the circumstances of my life, when I go through a difficult time, I'm going to ask God for peace. I'm going to ask Jesus to guide me. I'm going to place my hope there. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to place my hope in the security of my soul. That would be an example of faith. So I have done that as, as a person of faith. I have staked, literally, I have staked my eternal soul 
on Jesus being God and being the source of my salvation. If I'm supposed to be Muslim, I'm dead meat. If I'm supposed to be like a Hindu, I'm out. I'm dead meat. Because I have made a decision that Jesus is the one true God, the way, the truth, the life. Nobody goes to the Father except through him. He said it, and I decided to believe that. So I have literally staked my soul on that. I've placed my hope in that, right? Um, as a Christ follower, as a person of faith, uh, I'm going to place my hope and my life investment on what God says. So I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to look at Jesus' life and example. And then I'm going to invest my life the way that he did or the way that he teaches me to. There's a bunch of ways to invest your life. I've decided to anchor my hope to that, that what God says and what he teaches is the best way and the right way and the most filling way, and that's the one that I'm going with, okay? So a person of faith, a Christ follower that is following Christ by faith, is going to place our hope in things like that, and we're going all in with Jesus. There's a great conversation in the book of Luke, chapter 18, and, and Jesus is talking to his, one of his followers, a guy named Peter, and it, it kind of represents this idea of placing your hope. Uh, verse 28 of Luke 18, uh, Peter said to him, uh, Jesus, or Lord, we, we, ha we have left all that we had to follow you, right? So Peter's like, um, Jesus, like we went all in. We placed our hope in you. We are certain, we are sure of what we hope for. Uh, when you said drop the nets, we dropped the nets. Uh, when you said, like, close down the fishing business, we closed down the fishing business. I went home, I told my wife. I was like, honey, uh, I met God, I'm going to follow him now. Like, I, I'm, I went all in. We, we left all we had to follow you. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters, no one who has done that or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come. Peter looks at Jesus and says, I, we went in with you. And Jesus was like, right. Anybody who's walked away from everything, he's not saying hate your family, he's not saying abandon them, he's talking about an order of influence. Anybody who has gone all in and forsaken their wife's opinion and followed me as God, their parents' opinion, you listen to me more than your mom, even your kids, no matter what, you have placed your faith in me. Here's the promise, you will be rewarded in this life and in the next. He doesn't say you get a flat screen TV and your hair grows back, right? He, he's saying you will be spiritually rewarded, you will be spiritually productive in this life and you will be rewarded in your eternal life. And that conversation between Peter and Jesus is one that a Christ follower is pretty typical of the way that we would think. If you're a true Christ follower, we would think that way. We would look and say there's nothing greater the knowing Christ. Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. There's nothing greater than knowing the heart and the mind of Christ. There's nothing greater for a Christ follower than, than doing the things that Jesus would have us to do, investing our life in the way that Jesus would have us invest our life because we believe that it's the best way to live now and that we will be rewarded in eternity for it. And we have put all of our hope on that. We would, we would see the world differently. We would see it through those lenses. Those decisions would be logical to us, and we would 
we would bank on it. We would choose to trust that and live in those ways. So this is the way it plays out. We're going to look at the Bible. We're going to look at the things that Jesus says and, and what he says through the apostles and the prophets. And, and we're, going to, we're going to take those things out and weave them into our life. And that's going to define our life investment. So for instance, I'll give you some easy examples here. For instance, Jesus talks about money. And he says this. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where it can't be destroyed. So we're going to look at that and we're going to say, oh, there's our worldview on money. And then the apostles, uh, they, they expand on that. They say things like this, you should live generously. They say things like, those of you who are rich should care for those who are poor, right? Th those kind of things. We're going to weave those into our lives and we're going to look and say, we're going to make those financial decisions. We're going to believe that God gives us money to provide for our needs but we believe that the highest calling of the human being is not to layer luxury upon luxury upon luxury. That's the American dream. We believe that once our needs are met, the highest calling for us with our money is to invest in the kingdom of God. We're going to feed the poor. We're going uh, uh, to house the homeless. We're going to, on our own dime, go down to Texas and help people rebuild because they need to have their needs met. We're going to send missionaries. We're going to plant churches. We would look and say, for us, that's a logical financial decision because we believe that God will reward us now with, with blessing, fulfillment, life investment, not with a flat screen TV, not the TV junk, and that he will reward us big time in eternity with it, see? Uh, we, would, we would take that kind of thinking into our life circumstances. So when I'm going through a difficult time, when I'm being persecuted for being a Christian, when, when I'm the only Christian in my high school that is serious about it, when me and my girlfriend are the only two virgins on our, on our college campus and we're getting mocked out about it, we're going to look and we're going to say that persecution, the Bible calls it this, light and momentary. So we're going to believe that that light and momentary persecution, restraining myself sexually, restraining myself what, however will lay up for us eternal reward in heaven, that's what the Bible says. So we're going to look and say, eh, we're going to view our circumstances that way. Eh, it, what happens in this life doesn't define us forever. We believe that life is swallowed up, what is mortal is swallowed up by life, and it's God himself who created us for that purpose. Uh, the Bible says that this life is a vapor. So it's like, meh, here, gone. Most of our life is lived in eternity. So we're going to bank on that because we're going to see that that's what Jesus actually called people to. In fact, even life itself we view differently. A, a Christ follower is actually not afraid to die because we don't believe that we die. So, so the Bible says that uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our body can die, but we don't believe that our souls die. So we would look and say, the worst you can do to me is send me to heaven early, right? That's, that's the worst you can do to me. And that's why for Christ followers, that's why you'll often see them uh, be unwilling to recant their faith. You're a Christian, you should become a Muslim. You're a Christian, you should become a, a, a prophet of Baal. You're, it's, you know, just whatever it is. And, and over, over the, the, the history of time, you'll see these great stories of people who won't do that. If you don't recant Christ right now, we're going to burn you at the stake. And that saint would look and say, light it up. What are you going to do to me? You can't kill me. 
kill my body. I'm not my body. I'll be with the Lord. I'm not afraid to die, right? So we're going to, by faith, we choose to believe those things. We look at the scripture and we take kind of those, just examples, there's a gazillion of them, right? But we choose and we would weave those into our lives and then we would live differently because we have a different worldview and we would say that we have Jesus's worldview. These are all things, he didn't own anything, he wasn't afraid to die, circumstances weren't the end of the world for him. Like he kind of lived that way so we would weave that into our life, right? Now what happens then is that shows up in your family room. So, like, as an example, Heidi and I would look and say, we want to be people of faith, that we actually believe this stuff, like this stuff that I teach you guys all the time, I actually believe this stuff, right? So, we want that to show up in our family room. So, for us as parents and as a married couple and as a family, we're going to make a different set of decisions than maybe other people would. So, for instance, Heidi and I have gotten a lot of heat over the years uh, because of the dangerous places that we send our children. Lots and lots of heat. And so we believe that one of the highest things that our children can do is go proclaim the gospel in very difficult places and to love people who are in very difficult circumstances. It's actually a value of Grace Church. We do hard things. So we send our kids on missions trips and they go to some very, very dangerous places. They, they go to the, the, the slums of Mexico. They go down to Haiti. They go to the ghetto of inner city Philadelphia. They go to Chad, Africa. And, and we, we do that. And we've had lots and lots of people look at us over the years and say, you guys are irresponsible for, for sending your kids to places that are unsafe. And we would look back and say, actually, we're just people of faith. Like to us, that seems like a logical thing that we would do. If you looked at our family budget, uh, the line item for missions trips is huge. There's a reason that I drive a nine-year-old Yukon, <laughs> right? Because we, we would look and say, no, we want our kids to see the world this way and to experience things this way, but it's dangerous, right? They could get sick, we know. But, but this is a value that we have. I remember a few years ago, um, one of our sons was going with me to Chad Africa. So Chad Africa is a place that all of us invest in and support in, and it's actually a dangerous place. It's, it's a dangerous place, right? It's the kind of place that you would go and like uh, the terrorists will kidnap a person. It's that kind of a place, right? So we were talking about going our son at the time was 17. I remember Heidi and I sitting down and, and we had prayed about it and decided that we wanted him to go with me. And, and we kind of had one last conversation and I looked at her and she looked at me and I said, sweetie, I said, if I don't bring him home, like, do we believe in this that much? That if I don't come home with him, like we can live with it as a family. If he doesn't come home or if I don't come home, are we okay with that? And she was like, well, I'm a lot better with you not coming home than him coming home. But Heidi's actually gutsier about all this stuff than I am, to be honest with you. And she's like, no, this is how we live. This is what we do. Um, it's great that kids play soccer. It's great that they get good grades. But we do this stuff. We are a people of faith. And, and if they have to take their summers and do this and they can't play summer ball, then whatever. They don't make varsity. 
If they, we yanked him out of school for two and a half weeks, if he gets a C instead of an A, whatever, it's what we do. Because by the way, you can get into college with a C, all right? So it's, it's fine because this is who we are and this is what we would do. We are people of faith. See how that works? Okay, so that's a hallmark. That's just our example. It doesn't have to be yours. Don't confuse that. But it's a hallmark. It's like we would look and say, no, that's how we see the world. And that, that comes from looking at Christ, what he did, what he valued, what he taught. And that's the way Heidi and I would, would weave that into our lives and operate with it, okay? So that's one way that shakes out. Now, another big way that faith shakes out for, for uh, Christ followers is in this way, it's our trust of the Bible. So we would place faith in the Bible. Now, I'm not gonna talk about this one too long this weekend because we're actually gonna talk about it a long time next weekend, right? But just in a broad understanding, this is what I want you to get. As a Christ follower, when I look at the Bible or when we look at the Bible, Christ followers will look at the Bible and say, no, this book, these words are the words of God. The examples, the values, the truths that God wants to communicate to us, he inspired or gave us in this book. In fact, a verse we would lean into a lot is this one, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed. So we would look and say the whole book is breathed by God. Another way to say that is inspired by God. So we would believe that God, his thoughts, his mind, his heart communicated through the prophets right? But God inspired it. He directed that process. So we would be, believe that this is the words of God and that this book is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training righteousness. So when we look at the Bible, we don't view the Bible as just a, uh, a book of inspiration for you and me. We don't view the Bible as chicken soup for the soul. Uh, we don't view the Bible as a way for you to obtain your personal destiny, we would look in the Bible and we would say we believe it as authoritative and true. The nerdy way of saying it is we believe it's the inspired and errant, authoritative, complete word of God. So we view the Bible as God's avenue for teaching us faith, rebuking us when we refuse to have faith, correcting us when we're confused about how to follow God in faith, and training us in righteousness to do that so that we, we are thoroughly equipped to be the people of faith God's called us to be. So we would trust that. We don't, we don't view the Bible as one of many holy scriptures. We would view the Bible as the holy scriptures, just like we view Jesus as the one and only God. Right? So as Christians, we are monotheistic. We believe there is one true God. So we would have a trust in the Bible that way. And so that's why if you come to grace or you know somebody who's a follower of Christ, it's why they're obsessed with the Bible. And so, so we read the Bible, we quote the Bible, and we only, you know, we only teach the Bible here, right? And we want you to study the Bible. We give you classes about the Bible. Why? Because we believe that, the, that you can't know God unless you know the Bible, so we would make that like the foundational point of discipleship, the foundational point of teaching. That, that's why that's such a, a big, big deal because we place our faith in it. We choose to trust it, All right? We'll dig into that in detail next week. Here's the last thing I want to share with you this weekend. The other big way, macro conversation, the other big way that faith shakes out 
for Christ followers is in our trust of God's higher ways. We trust God's higher ways. Let me show you this passage, Isaiah chapter 55. This is where that term comes from. God is talking to his people and he says this. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Uh, Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God looks at his people and and he says this. He, he, He in essence says, let's be clear you and I are not the same thing. My thought, I do not think the way that you think. I do not plan the way that you plan. I, I do not organize the way that you organize. Your thoughts aren't my thoughts. Uh, your ways are not my ways. My ways are higher. You are a human being. I am the creator God. I am not the ultimate version of you. I'm not Superman, I'm different. I am God and I alone am God. And that means this, that you are never going to understand me fully. You cannot and you will never. And the way that I think and the way that I would approach something and what I'm doing, ultimately, I'm just being honest with you, it's over your head. No matter how big your head is, it's over your head. Now, we would look as a Christ follower, we would look and say, we actually trust that. That there are things that are going to happen in and around our lives that we are not capable of understanding. There are things that happen in and around our lives that, that are, are different than the plans that we would make. If I was making plans, I would make different ones than this. If I was achieving a goal, I would achieve it differently. But I'm choosing to trust that God is God and I am not. I'm choosing to trust that he loves me. I'm choosing to trust that he's there for me. And I'm choosing to trust his higher ways. A true Christ follower who is living by faith, we're choosing to believe what we cannot, will not fully understand. Catch this, it's huge. We are actually fully aware that there will always be parts of God's minds and heart that we don't understand. We know that, it's not a shocking thing, we know that. I I know that there's parts of God I, I do not understand. Why is this flooding hitting Texas? Why, why, why is a hurricane hitting Florida right now? Why is it hitting Florida and not North Korea? If I, if I had my way, I would take out North Korea and like leave the beach alone, right? Leave Mickey alone. What'd he ever do, right? I would wipe out North Korea. I, I would blow the, the, the missiles off the launch pad. I would flood the, the, the nuclear research facilities. That's what I would do. That does not make sense to me, right? I, I tell you what, God, I'll give you options. If not North Korea, then let's go ahead and just get Iran then. Come on, let's get Iran. One or the other. But why Texas and Florida? See, I, I have to, there's a point that I have to pull back and say, God, I cannot make sense of this. My family, Heidi's family is on, in the bullseye of this thing. Why is our family in the bullseye? They love you. 
They serve you. See? Now, I'm never going to understand that. I cannot and I will not understand that. Faith is choosing to trust. And then that shows up personally, right? Why, why does my mom have cancer? Why, why, why are my kids off the rails? Why, why is my marriage? So, like, wh why are these things happening to me? Why did we have this loss? Right? I cannot and I will not understand that. This is what I found over the years. I found that as a, as a person, I watch people do this as a pastor, and then I, I see this in my own life. As a person, I cannot understand or explain God all the time. So what I'm left with is a choice. I'm, le I'm left with the, cho the choice to trust him or not. So what I found is this. We can choose to live in the questions, or we can choose to run to the answers. And what, it's just my observation. I've, I've observed this. People who choose to live in the questions are tormented by the questions because they can not be answered. And if you try to give that person a cliche answer, you aggravate and cause deeper pain. So you'll find, if you know me or you've been my friend, like you'll, you'll find I will not try to answer your questions. Why did this happen to our family? What you'll hear from me is I'll say, I don't know. I don't know. Where is God in this situation? And I'll say, he's near. I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't, I just respect people too much. I'm, I'm not going to insult you with a dumb answer because you are a thinking person and you got to think for 30 seconds to shoot down my dumb answer, right? God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Well, he certainly doesn't feel good right now. What, what is he going to accomplish by causing this loss in my family? Is God all-powerful? Yes. Is he all-knowing? Yes. Is he sovereign? Does he know the beginning and the end? Yes. Is he omnipresent? Does he actually care about me? Yes. Then why didn't he intervene? If the things he did in the Bible are real, why can't he be real for me this way right now in my family? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Maybe with time you can find a silver lining, but all you got to do is think for 30 seconds. If an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, all-present God can create this silver lining, he could have created that silver lining in about 10 different ways. Why did you have to pay for it? That's a completely fair question. Completely fair. And it's completely unanswerable. And if you live in those questions, they will torment you. They will absolutely torment you because there is no answer this side of heaven that will ever satisfy. So what I, I'm not going to get an answer. What I'm left with is a choice. I can run and live in the questions or I can live in the answers because they are answers as well. I don't know why this happened, but I know God loves you and he'll never leave you or forsake you.
I don't know why this pain showed up, but I, I know that the body of Christ will surround you in ways that you never thought was possible. I know that prayer is legit. If, you're, if your loved one is a follower of Jesus, I know that they're in heaven, that they're sealed with the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing them a place. I know that there is a reunion. I know that there's a resurrection of the dead. I know that the Holy Spirit will help you, guide you, comfort you, and give you peace. I know that the Word of God can, can interact with your heart in a supernatural way like it never has before in the middle of pain. I know that you can redeem your pain. I know that there's a set of answers, and I know that there's a set of questions, and what I'm left with is the choice of which one are actually going to govern my life. Faith is choosing to live in the answers. I, I wrote it this way in my notes. As a Christ follower, following Christ, as a Christ follower, I'm not naive. I'm not clueless. That's not what it means to follow Christ. It doesn't mean turn your brain off. So I'm not naive, I'm not clueless. As a Christ follower, we do not live in denial of unexplained pain and suffering in the world. We don't slap a smile on it and give a, a coffee mug answer and say it's all gonna be okay. That's not what a Christ follower does. I don't live in denial of unexplained pain and suffering in the world. Ready? This is big. Nor do we live in denial of the goodness and the power and the love of our Savior Jesus Christ. We also don't deny that. We simply choose to run to that. We choose to trust in the heart of God, knowing full well that we don't understand the mind of God. That his thoughts are higher, his ways are higher, his plan is different than. I don't pretend to know it. I choose to trust it. Guys, faith is not something that you master. Faith is a relational journey. I, I never, you'll never master marriage. You journey, you never know what's coming next. You don't master parenting. The little boogers, they change, right? So you, you never know, what's, you don't master friendship because you, you don't know what your friend's gonna go through, good or bad. You don't know what's gonna, we don't master relationships, we trust them. We place faith in them. We journey through these things together. There's this great, great illustration of this in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verses 21 through 25. This guy, this dad, comes to Jesus with a problem. So this dad shows up. The problem is his son is demon-possessed. So the dad shows up, and he, he, he talks to Jesus, and Jesus asks the, the boy's father, how long has he been like this? How long has your kid been demon-possessed? And the dad said, from child, trust in the heart of God, knowing full well that we don't understand the mind of God, that his thoughts are higher, his ways are higher, his plan is different than. I don't pretend to know it. I choose to trust it. Guys, faith is not something that you master. Faith is a relational journey. I, I never, you'll never master marriage. You journey, you never know what's coming next. You don't master parenting. The little boogers, they change, right? So you, you never know what's, you don't master friendship. 
Because you, you don't know what your friend's going to go through, good or bad. You don't know what's going to, we don't master relationships. We trust them. We place faith in them. We journey through these things together. There's this great, great illustration of this in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verses 21 through 25. This guy, this dad, comes to Jesus with a problem. So his dad shows up. The problem is his son is demon-possessed. So the dad shows up, and he, he, he talks to Jesus, and Jesus asks the, the boy's father, how long has he been like this? How long has your kid been demon-possessed? And the dad said, from childhood. His whole life he's been like this. Uh, it, the demon, has often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. Like, we've been dealing with this his whole life. We've been dealing with this sickness his whole life. We've been dealing with mental illness his whole life. We've been dealing with drug addiction his whole life. We, we've been dealing with this his whole life right? And then the father says this, but if you can do anything, if you can do anything, and he goes on, take, take pity on us and help us. If you're actually God, will you take pity on us and help us? I love Jesus' response. He goes, if you can, wait a minute, if you can, if I can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes, you're, you're talking to God. You're talking to me. It's not a, a question of if I can or if I can't. I didn't cease to be God because your life is difficult and because you don't understand me doesn't mean that I'm not who I said I was. If he can, everything's possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father explained, I do believe, I love this phrase, help me overcome my unbelief. You see what he did? I, I do, I I'm choosing to trust. Help me. I'm scared. I'm desperate. I don't know. I, I, I cannot and will not ever fully understand. You are different than, a, it's not that you're not God, it's that you're different than me. If I can't, of course I can. Why aren't you? Well, that's a different question. Why didn't you? Well, that's a different question. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. Will you trust me? I do. Help me. Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my lack of faith. Help me to rest in who you are. Listen, guys, this is, this is huge. God is not ticked off with you because you haven't mastered faith. It's not what it is. He doesn't look at you and say, Whoa. You question me? Bzz. You question me? Bzz. Steeler fan. Like, are you is, that, is that what's going on, right? I see your shirt. <laughs> you question me? That's not what he's saying. He, he, he looks and he says, no, no, no. This is what you reach for. A Christ follower, this is where you go. This is what you live your life for. This is your expression of love. I know full well that you have to walk by faith. And by the way, listen, as a Christ follower, one day you won't. Faith is only something we have on earth. We don't have to have faith in heaven. We'll walk by sight there, right? So he, he looks and says, I, I know. And the guy humbles and says, just help me. Here, here's a great passage for you, James. James says this. This is, if you're going to get a tattoo of a Bible verse, you should get this one. Quit getting, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, because he doesn't really care about your deadlift that much. But, right, so, 
so if you're going to get a verse, get this one. Here it is. Ready? If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Ready? Here it is. Who gives generously, and here's your tattoo, without finding fault. It's not a sin to struggle with faith. It's when we don't trust. It's, it's not a sin to look and say, I, I want to believe, but I can't get my head around this. It's when I use, my, I use God not being me to reject God. See, didn't do what I wanted. You must not exist. If I can, of course I can. But I have a plan and I have a path and I have a thought. I'm the potter, you're the clay. Will you choose to trust in me? What's a Christ follower? See, is it, it just a person that goes to church or I'm a Christian, not a whatever? It, no, a Christ follower is a, is a person of faith. We choose to believe. We're not naive, we're not dumb, we're not in denial. We choose to believe what we cannot and will never fully understand. We trust, we place our hope, we're certain of, right? And, and we live by that faith. We walk by that faith. We, we interpret life through the lenses of that faith. We look for God's worldview in the scripture and, and we seek to weave that in and then play that out in our lives. And that's the hallmark of a follower of Christ, okay? Now, what we're doing in this series, we're going to do this all fall. What we're doing this, this series is a little bit different. I, I'm, I'm working hard, and Ryan will work hard when he teaches, and we'll work hard to put a real clear definition out there that you can get your hands around, okay? But it's a macro definition. So if you said, Jeff, there's more to it, you're absolutely right, right? It's a macro definition, but now at least you know what it is. And this is what we want to do. Instead of me drawing conclusions for you, what we want you to do is we want you to self-assess and we want you to draw conclusions for yourself and then we want to give you resources to help you build that faith, okay? So this is how we're going to do it. I want you to grab your phones. You got your phones, take your phone out. Get your phone and open up the Grace Church app. Go ahead and click off of Snapchat, finish your story. <laughs> Jeffy knows, Jeffy knows, right? So click on the Grace Church app. If you don't have the Grace Church app, go to the App Store and search Grace Church 30. Grace Church 30 and you'll find the Grace Church app, okay? You can do this later on if you don't have your phone with you right now. If you have a flip phone, I, I literally have nothing to say to you. So, right, so get, your, uh, get the Grace Church app, Grace Church 30, and this is what's going to happen. Open the app up, and when you open the app up, you're going to see our different campuses, Bath, Ellet, etc. Click the Bath campus, the greatest of all the campuses. Click the Bath campus. When you click the Bath campus, you're going to have like a menu board there. You're going to see hurricane relief. You're going to see sermon notes, and you're going to see discipleship assessment. Click that and pause. Okay, now this is what we've done. 
We have created an online tool for you so that you can assess where you're at with this issue of faith. Now, here's the deal. Everybody pause, look at me for a second. Here's the deal. This is completely anonymous. The only thing that the church gets out of this is your social security number and your bank account. Other than that, <laughs> don't even worry about it, right? Okay, so literally, you don't have to give any information here. It's anonymous. So this is why this is important. Ready? The only way this works is if you are 100% honest between you and God. So this little tool is between you and God. It's actually got nothing to do with, with you and, and me, okay? So what we want you to do in a minute, don't do it yet, is we want you to answer There's three or four questions there. Sometimes there'll be a few more, depends on the week, that you can answer and you assess yourself where you're at in your faith journey. Based on your assessment, when you get to the bottom of that assessment, submit it, we will then kick back to you immediately resources. So you might say, I, I, I don't even know if I believe this. Fair enough, no problem. You enter that, we'll kick back to you resources that will help you explore what it means to have faith in Christ more. You might say, like I accepted Jesus Tuesday, I don't, I'm not even good at this yet. Fair enough. We'll kick back and we'll say, why don't you read these verses and have more of an understanding? You could go to this connect group if you wanted to. You could read this book. Uh, you may say, I'm, I've been doing this for a while. I want to kick it up a notch. We might say, well, you could do this, this, and this. Here's, a, here's an online video curriculum. We call it E4, Equip 4. So here, watch this curriculum and this will help you understand what it means to have faith in a deeper way, okay? So these resources, once you go through it, submit it, you can do two things then. What I would do is I would take a screenshot of it. If you don't know how to do that, ask any four-year-old in the building and I'll show you. You can take a screenshot of it and then it's with you all week. Or you can put in your email and we'll email you those links right, right to you. If you do that, be sure you, chunk, uh, you check your junk mail, okay? Because if you're like me, I got filters like crazy on mine and it'll, it'll bump it, okay? So you can, you can get it that way. If you don't have a smartphone and don't want one, if you have any internet connection, you go to our website, you can do all that stuff as well, okay? If you have a specific question about how faith plays out in your life in a specific way, at the bottom of that assessment, you can email us a specific question and we'll connect with you, or you can do that on the connection card too, and we'll get together with you personally, okay? So what we're gonna do is, is for the rest of the week, as you assess, we'll keep having this conversation about faith, right? And all the resources and all the conversations and all the kind of the, the, what the church has to offer you will be right in front of you there as well. If you're watching online, do it online too. It's in the app store, so just do it online too, okay? And you decide where you're at. Some of you may say, I stink at having faith. Some of us have like a spiritual gift of faith. It's easier for us because God built us that way, right? Every one of these hallmarks we're going to talk about, we'll have the same tool and you're going to have the same responses. We're going to get to one and you're going to be like, I stink at this one. Great. Or you may get to one, you'll be like, hey, that one, that's one I actually have had a lot of success with, okay? And you self-assess and you grow from there, okay? So what we're going to do in a minute, I'm going to pray. After I pray, the band's going to create some space. 
you hit the links, you take the assessment, you'll see that the information comes right back to you. You can play around with it, look at it a little bit, or you can do it later on. But this is the thing. As a Christ follower, this is something I would invest in. I would look and say, as a Christ follower, I want to get better. I want to grow. I want to understand. If you're not a Christ follower yet, this is what you're signing up for. So do a little bit of homework, and now you know, right? And, and you know what, what Jesus is actually calling you to, all right? All right. Would you pray with me, and then you can work on that. We'll finish our service up. Jesus, we love you. Help us with this, God. Lord, I... I, I think about my life, I, there's places I'm great at having faith and then there's parts of my life that I hold very tightly to. Uh, possessive of, I'm arrogant about. And so God, flush those out, renew my mind, transform my heart, help me with my unbelief. God, for all of us, whether it's the beginning of our relationship with you through salvation or it's deep, deep in. It's the next thing that you ask us to go through and journey toward. Even the great things in our life, Lord, are really yours. So wherever we're at, Lord, grow our faith, increase our faith, deepen our trust, our love for you. God, as we assess and as we think, work in us in that way even now. Give us a, an open mind, an open heart, and then, Lord, help us to yield those things to you. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen.